My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Yo, 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 yo. This is playing in traffic. This is playing in traffic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. The playing in traffic. Oh. Hi there, guys. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our podcast. Um, Today, we have lots of info for you. So I uh, hope you feel like going to a history class. Um, Tony. Yes. Big announcement. Yes. You remember the Dixie Chicks? Yeah. Do you know that their name is now the Chicks? <laughs> <laughs> they changed their name? Yes. They took out the word Dixie. Why? Well, I don't know. I feel like I remember now that, I, now that I'm aware of this, I remember them doing that. Why is this so important to your life? Okay. Because for... The last like six months, I've been adding songs to my playlist from this really cool new band called The Chicks. Oh my God, you didn't know it was them? Oh, and then and then last night I was driving home and a song came on like from their first album and it came on as The Chicks and I was like, mm. I almost got in a car accident. I was like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I've been just listening to the Dixie Chicks and not knowing it. Anyways, their new album is really good. That is very weird. Yeah, it's so good though. I, I think mean, that they like a whole PR change because they um had a whole bunch of problems so they're probably like let's change our name yeah remember after 9-11 people were like giving them death uh -huh. yeah yeah that's, that's why I've funny. always loved them I've always thought they were interesting cool. yeah that was my big announcement that I was like I'll wait for the podcast I did not even know they were still around that's hilarious oh they're good they're good I think one of them is going through a divorce so this is like a I remember them being very musical like playing a lot of different instruments and stuff so that was cool they're good. That and obviously they're musical. I fell in love with them all over again. I didn't even know it. That's hilarious. Okay, There's, what does this have to do with our podcast, girl? It has nothing to do. It was just a public service announcement. That's hilarious. I love yeah. it. The Dixie Chicks are now the chicks, and they're still rocking. Okay, now today we're That's going hilarious. to talk about all of the Western religions and the way that they are connected. One of my big sticking points when Tony was in the church that I've talked about multiple times is that 
when religious people like Christians would get irritated with Tony for what she believed in. And in my head, I was like, they're so closely related. And the more that I learned about Islam, Judaism, Christianity, Catholicism, I was like, they're all pretty much the same with a few plot twists, a few added characters. Um, and so we wanted to just kind of delve into that today. And um, just note that people who study religious studies have like master's degrees and they're like doctorates in it. So um, I'm not a professional. Well, I remember when I was in the church, one thing that was really helpful, Lindsay was always like, your church isn't that weird. Compared to other churches, like your church is not that different. It's not that strange. And like, I don't know why that always sort of like stuck with me. And then she would tell me like, one thing she would always say to me was like, you're so smart, Tony. How could you believe this? You're so smart in all your other ways. But how could you fall for this? Sorry. that's <laughs> No, but like it would make me think like I do consider myself an intelligent person, you know, and I thought that believing in that was intelligent. I don't know. I thought that I was like onto something, you know, I thought that I was onto something really, really deep. And, um, and it presented as if it's the one and only, and we'll get into that because I did go to their website and I took some notes as if I knew nothing about the church and they do present themselves. Like they are the only ones who have the secret top secret information. Yeah. And when you really look at all the other religions, you're like, not really. And it's like the way the Bible studies unfold, the way that things are slowly presented to you. Yeah. Um, you feel like like you're studying, you know, and like you're uncovering these mysteries of the Bible and you're you think you're studying history. You know, actually, all you're really doing is just studying their propaganda. But but you don't know that. So anyway, my point is, is that when I was in the church, Lindsay would always say your church isn't that different. I mean, like our, our family would be like, Tony's crazy. Tony's believing in these crazy things. And Lindsay would be like, well, they're just as crazy. Yeah. You know, like the things that they're doing are just as weird as the things that you're doing. And so that, that always just sort of stuck in my head along the, my path of all those years. And um, so I think this episode is really um, important for all of us, you know, and, and something that Lindsay's been wanting to get out for a long time. Like, Hey, all of Christianity is kind of weird. Yeah. So I think this one might be a little bit offensive. If you're easily offended by, you know, talking bad about religion, then maybe this isn't your episode. It's um, going to be really interesting to sort of see religion from an outside perspective, you know, now. So I'm really excited. So Lindsay did a bunch of research. Like she said, we're not scholars. We're just like people trying to, you know. To wind our way through this, through these, you know, religions and cults and and just kind of try to make some sense of it, you know, and also historically, you know, where did all these stories come from? Yeah, nothing that I'm going to say today is like, this one's right or this one's wrong. I just want to, I wanted to give the facts of what each religion um, believes is like their main doctrine. So I'm not going to go too deep into like their everyday lifestyle or anything. I did it. I did a little bit just to compare them, but this is more of just like. Uh, what books do they read? What's like the basic structure of what they believe? Blah, blah. All right, let's hear it. Okay. So first I want to start off because this has always been really, this was interesting to me when I found this out. Um, okay. The Bible stories are not very original. Um, almost all of the Bible stories can be traced back to like 
uh, Greek mythology, Hindu stories. And obviously this is all like argued throughout the, the communities of theology and um, history. But um, the oldest, most ancient scriptures are the, um, the Hindu scriptures, the, the Rig Veda. Oh, also, I don't know how to pronounce like any of these. <laughs> like I've read all of these words before, but I've never mm. said them out loud with my mouth. Yeah. So if I'm like completely botching these, it's not out of, uh, I'm not trying to be insulting. I truly just don't know how to pronounce them. <laughs> There's a lot of like um, words in the Judaism section that I'm like, I know that I've read this word a hundred times. And I know what it means, but you'll hear. Okay. Oh, that reminds me of a quote really quick. I heard a quote that said, never shame somebody for mispronouncing something because it means they learned it from reading. Yeah. Because when you read a word, I mean, there's many times you read a word and, and you pronounce it a certain way in your head and then you hear somebody say and you're like, what? It's pronounced like that. Okay. I do anyway. it all, all the time. All the time. Okay. Anyway. Words all the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, they've got the four Vedas. They're Sanskrit, they're Sanskrit scriptures and they predate the Bible. Okay. The, so the flood story. Right. Uh, like almost identical flood story was actually a thousand years um, the Sumerian Epic of Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh, mm. um, and that was written a thousand years before the Hebrew Bible. So you're telling me that there was a story about a flood and an ark and all and the a, animals and a dude who got a message from a bird that said, "There's a flood coming. You have seven mm. days. Build a boat." It was the exact the story in the Bible, and it said, "Go save as many of the people and the animals that you can." Do you think that people think, well, maybe the flood happened, you know, all those years ago, and the reason that they had had those stories? He's being so. Cold. Couldn't that justify the the flood story? That yes, the flood story happened, and then everybody just sort of made up different versions of it. Oh yeah, sure. No, I I mean, there's like historical evidence that there was a big flood in in like the Middle East, like around Egypt. Right. Uh, like. I don't remember which river, but uh, there was like mm -hmm. a big separation at one point, like, you mm -hmm. know, 7,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago. So historically, there was a flood and they were writing stories about it. But to make the stretch that then God delivered this message to Noah and then Noah like somehow went around and got every species like, yeah, I mean, the, the whole story of it actually physically happening is crazy. But but can I tell you something that my cult did? Can yeah. I put this in here now? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hate saying that word cult. And I hate saying the word church. So what should I say? <laughs> uh, okay, the group that I was in, um, they would say that the whole creation story yeah. was spiritual. Okay. And that Noah didn't actually go and gather the animals. That that's a prophecy of the last days. Because the Bible says the days of Noah will be like the last days. So they always connect Noah to now. Saying like um, animals in the Bible represent people. Okay. You know how Raymond was saying how you like pick a word and then a word means something. So in the Bible, animals represent people. Okay. So how they were gathering them and bringing them into the boat, the boat represents Zion, God's protected place. And that's where you're going to be protected from the disaster. See, and that to me sounds less crazy than believing in the literal version of the Noah story as if. I know. That's why I fell for it. I know. No, that's what I'm saying. That's That was always my argument while you were in there. Like, I didn't like the social stuff that was happening to you, like the brainwashing part of that. But like 
the phil like, like the theology side of it i was like at least they have at least tony's church has a little bit better explanations for some of the like outlandish stuff that some of the other religions believe literally and just as a society we accept that which is so silly like there is a there is a a noah's ark museum that people go to i'm sorry grandma but it's not real like the dinosaurs they like explain how the dinosaurs are in there so ridiculous right okay so at least your group had a better explanation for it and that is why i wanted to do the episode today because i want to talk about all of can we just go off on a quick tangent about the creation museum though and how much money they make and i think that they don't have to pay taxes because they're like a christian um type of um educational thing and you know who is the most the most um, most common visitor at that museum christians children children they take them there on field trips yeah not a good and they start them young and they teach them that that is scientifically true it's not guys (laughs) i know it's so infuriating because in that sense that means that he also took every species of every plant yeah. That couldn't survive underwater. We it's should just, do a whole episode about the Noah story. But personally, your opinion. So nice. do you think that there was a flood? Yeah. That there really was a flood. I'm sure and, there was, then and then the Egyptians the- wrote about it. The Greeks wrote about it. Yeah. You know, all the different people made their own stories about it. And the Bible happened to be one count of it. Is that what you kind of think that happened? Yeah. But then, yeah. Are the, but then over time, you know modern day Christians believe that it's this literal event that happened where Noah actually somehow did all of those ridiculous things. And that's right. why. Um, I, I mean, even us as kids, Tony, I remember seeing a rainbow and going that that's God's promise that he'll never flood us out again. Right. And mm-hmm. then, but then you hear about revelations. You're like, wait, well, yeah, he's not coming with a flood. He's coming with fire, baby. So, I mean, no, he's not because that's not real. But so that was one thing that attracted me to the church because I th- felt like they took science seriously. That's how I felt at the time. Um, I felt that, that. Do you feel like you got um, deceived? I feel like they yeah. I feel like they laser focus on what they want to laser focus on, you know, but it is so confusing to me because some of those things make more sense to me than the regular Christianity. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's true. Just because it makes more sense doesn't mean that it's true. And that's what I'm um, learning now. Right. Right? Because that's how they get you. Yeah, because they're like, look at those silly people that believe in the literal version of the of Noah's Ark. Look Let at those silly people. Let me show right. you this living version of God who lives in South Korea named Mother. Want to well, go even, the- yeah, even just like... You know, people who believe that the world is 6,000 years old. I mean, we know that's not true. Yeah. Um, okay, if if you've never heard of the name Apollonius. Never heard it. Um, he was a guy who lived around the exact same time as Jesus, except for Ooh. he was in Turkey. Ooh. And he has, like, the exact same story. His mom was visited by an angel, told hmm. she was going to have this divine child, he wandered and traveled and he healed people and he um, was this divine dude, blah, blah, blah. A little bit different, like he. But pre- Lindsay, don't you know that when the true Christ comes, also false Christ comes? Yeah. See, that's what they would say, is so what I'm saying. Yeah, because that was all added 
right? That is convenient. I mean, that's what they all say. That's what they but all I'm say. just saying. Um, but, but one of the like one of the the sticking points for Christians is that Jesus is so I Jesus is so unique. There's no other human that uh, did what Jesus did with the miracles was executed and then stories of him coming back and visiting his father. Were there stories of this Apollonius? What's his name? Yeah, he was. He sorry. raised from the dead because resurrection is the main point about Jesus. I know. Yeah. So they executed him because he was mm. walking around saying that he was sent from God, mm. executed him, put him in a tomb. And then his followers after wrote all these books about him, how he came to visit them after the dead. And that. And then Do you know what those books are called? Do you know what those um, books are? I don't know. It's if interesting I, because then how does the Bible and the story of Jesus take off? But then that story kind of didn't. Right. Well, then, okay, I'm all, I'm all, I'm totally paying devil's advocate, okay? No, that's fine. Well, that's why they would say that's evidence that he's not the true Christ because, you know, um, he didn't didn't make it through the, through the social media. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, whatever's from God will succeed. Whatever is not from God will not. Right. That's what they would say. I'm totally just thinking from that side, you know? This is good because I also come from, I find myself realizing that sometimes I'm a little bit closed-minded because I'm so convinced that, um, convinced in my atheism. Yeah. And so I ain't, I'm not convinced in anything right now. So that's why I, um, and and I want to be helpful for people to understand how cult members think. Yeah. I don't even want to, but how these people who are, you know, under these, um, heavy influences think so So that's very interesting so there's another story of another man is there is there several stories like that or just this one that you found uh apollonius is like the biggest one and actually what i thought was interesting is it's not like now they're finding this out like all along the time of christianity beginning there Mm -hmm. were people for apollonius that were like no apollonius is actually this Apollonius was the divine one and they were like handing out pamphlets and arguing with Christians there was like a whole movement of like Apollonius versus Jesus it makes me feel like nowadays in Korea how there's all these you know people kind of proclaiming the same things same thing was happening 2000 years ago same thing has been happening for the whole history of mankind you know so let's talk about like the three major ones okay let's hear it Islam, Judaism, Christianity. Okay. So Islam. The top of my the top of my notes say why all religion is dumb. Okay. <laughs> that should be the name of our pod of this episode. Um in Islam they believe that God revealed the holy scriptures to different prophets, to different messengers. So mm-hmm. the Quran was given to Muhammad, uh, the Torah was given to Moses, the gospels were given to Jesus, Psalms was given to David, and the scrolls were given to Abraham. And so they were cho- the chosen people to kind of spread those um, scriptures mm-hmm. around. So they believe that God is creator of all things. But they do not believe Jesus is God. They just think Jesus was a prophet. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they believe in angels of God mm. that are here to um, carry out the orders from God. Mm. So And I, that's as people? That like the people be, are the angels? Like Gabriel brought the divine revelations to the prophets. So Gabriel mm. would be the angel of God. Okay, right. So he is the one who like divvied out those different books or those, mm-hmm. yeah, those different scriptures. And then um, that the holy scriptures are revealed to the messengers. So 
the Quran, the Quran is like what they follow, right? They believe that Muhammad is the most important prophet. And so they follow like Christians follow Jesus. They follow what Muhammad wrote. So all these religions come from the same, you know, sort of the same prophets, the same right. beliefs and um, the same things. Which is really interesting because when people think of Islam, they think of something totally different. They think the Quran is just like some strange text that came out of nowhere, but it's all Bible based sort of. Right. That's what's so fascinating. And there's so many similarities, right? If you read the Old Testament and you truly believe that that is what God wants you to do, it's violent and it's Mm -hmm. like unconventional to how society is now. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in the Bible that you're supposed to do and follow that is like not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that is how the Quran is more literal, right? Like they're just very ritualistic with it. Some so. people, and that's the frustrating no. part. Like there are Christians that are extreme and they take the Bible literal. There are also, you know, Muslims that are extreme and take the Bible literal, but most of them understand that the Bible was written in a historically different time and that we don't need to do those types of, you know, torturous things anymore. So like regular Muslims and the regular Christians are really like, they're really the same. Yeah. In a way. Do you know what I mean? They're just choosing to ignore the violent parts of their religion, even though it's still there. And we're talking as if Christians are not also violent and scary. That's what I mean. It's exactly the same. They do things in the name of God, right? You feel like we're offending everybody in this episode because I I really do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying anything new. Like anybody who knows me, I'm not saying anything new that I have been saying for 10 years. Yeah. um, One thing I wanted to look up was kind of the conditions for each of these two. Like, what do you have to do to be a Muslim? Right. Um, What do you have to do? Do you just have to confess? You have to get baptized? What do you have to do? So in Islam, their main... Their main like mantra is there is no God, but God and Muhammad is the messenger of God. So their big point is Muhammad is the messenger of God to us. Okay. So they pray, they face Mecca five times a day. They pray. Yeah. They pray daily. Right. So they have prayer times similar to the church of God. Okay. Um, Either individually or in a mosque and they face Mecca. Are Um, only the men allowed in the mosques? Is that true? Um, it's kind of like traditional. If they're doing like really traditional mm-hmm. men on Fridays only in the mosque. Mm-hmm. Friday but is their holy day. Most modern, like in most modern um, Islam, women go in there too. At this right. point. Mm. But there are like strict, I mean, technically in the Quran, it says women aren't supposed to be in Mecca or in the mosque. at that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they do tithing. Mm-hmm. So they do 2.5% of their like entire everything that they own. So there's not just their income, but their, but their assets, everything. Um, oh. Not so much like give the money to the church, but it's more encouraged, like give the money to charity. They're more like a community, right? They're yeah. really a community. Yeah. Uh, they do fasting. Fasting. Is that so for Ramadan? Is Ramadan. that when they do their fasting? Mm-hmm. The, the hours of daylight. Mm-hmm. And then they do the pil- pilgrimage pilgrimages pil- pilgrimage how do you say that pilgrimage 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 so uh at some point in their lives they they go to the holy city of mecca which is in saudi arabia when i hear this i'm like is this the religion that i was in okay they have tithing they have daily prayer times they have religious festivals that they have to keep they have um like 
a religious um, trip that they need to make, like a spiritual um, uh, pilgrimage, like you said, similar yeah. to how we would go to Korea. Um, just so many similarities. Um, okay, so Judaism, which is like the first one of all three of these. So maybe I could have started with Judaism. That would have been a little less confusing. That's okay. That was so interesting. Yeah. So in Judaism, they believe that the Torah is the book is the book that is there. Like, Isn't that the first five books of the Bible? Am I wrong? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, they believe that these are the laws given to the Israelites. Through Moses. So these are all the books written by Moses is what they believe. Right. And that they, they, they must follow these laws that were set out for them. And this is how they're supposed to govern their daily lives. Oh, girl, that's a whole nother thing, because that's part of what they teach yeah. about Sabbath, how it's been changed and how the right. Ten Commandments are different because in the Catholic Bible. When you hear this, it's all three of these sound like a mix of what your church teaches. I know. I, this has always bugged me because other religions dogging on your group. I'm like, you guys, it's just a mod podge of all of the other religions. Right. Okay. Uh, it's very interesting that you were able to see that from the outside. That's really, um, yeah, really, really cool of you to be able to see that. Insightful, insightful of you, I think. This is why I feel like it's hard for me to not, to say that I'm agnostic rather than mm -hmm. an atheist. Because I just see this. Agnostic, uh, maybe people don't know what that means. What's agnostic? Agnostic is like, atheist is like, I don't believe that there's a divine creator that's like, you don't believe in God at all. I don't believe in God at all. Um, agnostic so, is like... Agnostic is like, I don't know, there could be a God. I think that maybe there's some sort of like divine... Well, I think that's what I am. Yeah, that's... I mean, don't label me or anything, but I think right. that's right. Agnostic is kind of, I jokingly call agnostic like the pussy atheist. Hey! <laughs> um, but I, but I, I kind because of... Because they don't want to commit to something. Right? Hey, like, don't talk about... My vagina like that sorry the uh wiener it's a wiener atheist no That's i cool. think it's the middle point i think it's somebody who is kind of afraid this is this is rude i'm not gonna say that somebody <laughs> who somebody's afraid to admit that God, like when okay no i would say not afraid agnostic to me was what i called myself before i really really unlearned the fear of hell mm. because if you're raised religious and and you really think that hell is real saying that you don't believe in god is like the last straw of of your freedom of saying i really don't believe that hell exists girl that's so powerful getting rid of that fear of hell i haven't lost that i'll be honest yeah and i think that agnostic gives you the the space to do that mm -hmm. right you can you can say i don't know and maybe it's not Christianity, maybe it's not Judaism, maybe I'm not a Hindu, but I, I'm not going to say that I don't believe that God exists in some form. Like That's maybe where I am, I think. It's an alien, right? Like, yeah. you're open to all possibilities. And I don't really feel like I am anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm <laughs> in my own atheist box because I've been here for so long. But I try to be open-minded, but like, but also I'm just like, I'm an atheist, I don't believe in it either. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me ask you a quick question. Did Islam have a fear of hell also? Do they believe in hell? Yes, and they believe in heaven as like paradise, right? Right. You know, kind of the uh, the idea that- But does Judaism believe in hell? Oh, one of my favorite things. So in mm -hmm. paradise, 
mm-hmm. in Islam, it's like you're mm-hmm. presented with these virgins. Right. And I read a while ago that the translation was mixed up, not virgins, but a certain kind of fruit. Oh, my gosh. So it's like um, instead of being pre- maybe an apple, like a, like a variation of an apple. That's hilarious. So as we hear, like, you know, you think of like, oh, that's kind of a creepy promise to like, here you go, old men. Here's your virgins to have sex with forever in paradise. But it's actually a fruit that's going to delicious grow. fruit. This delicious fruit. Oh my! Well, because what were the women supposed to get? Right, they don't want virgins. Oh my gosh! Maybe even the men don't want virgin virgins. You know, <laughs> like what the heck? That's crazy. How interesting, though. How interesting. So that fear of hell, man. That that is one theme that 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 stays among all of them, isn't it? Yeah. That fear. That fear but, of eternal damnation and fire. But you do, when you do release from it, it is so relieving. You're like, but, just live my life. And right. But I take that back because in Judaism, there isn't really mention of hell because no. I don't really think in the Old Testament, they really talked much about hell. And I would really like to explore that more. So another interesting thing that I that they, they kind of talk about with religion is that it was sort of necessary to um, moralize, like back in the old days. When people didn't have religion to believe in, they just kind of lived their lives. They kind of like rape, kill, do whatever, blah, blah, blah. So in order to get civilized societies, they had to say, you guys, there's a dude up above us watching. And so even if you don't get caught, if you rape that girl, God knows you did that and you're going to go to hell. And they had to like, it was sort of necessary for the evolution of a civilized society. Is what I'm saying? Um, because we are mammals and we we do have violence in us and yeah. you know I mean anybody who has kids who celebrate yeah. Christmas right before November and December you're like dude Santa can see you do you really want Santa to see you doing that mm-hmm. you're instilling that little mind game of like Santa's watching yeah. I'm sorry but fuck Santa yeah fuck Santa I do <laughs> kind of I do kind of feel that way um okay so in Judaism, there's yeah. like all like all of these religions, there's like the really strict literals, and then there's the uh, like casual like right casuals. Um, there's Orthodox Jewish people, and conservative and Reformed Jews, and then Reformed Jews. So um, the Orthodox Jews believe like all the practices in the Torah, they must be obeyed without question. So they follow it like pretty literal. The Torah is like the word of God. And and uh, those are like the, you know, when you think of an Orthodox Jew, right? Yeah, so they keep the feast. They keep like unleavened bread, Passover, da, 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 da. Um, and then the conservative, conservative is more of like the- Everyday the, regulars. They need to be interpreted to modern life. Right. So it, there's more concern for community than the ritual practices. So they still follow like what what fits within today's social practice, but they're not like diehard Orthodox Jews. Like. Right. And then the Reformed Jewish people, that group is like, um, they don't they they they're more modern, right? Like men and women can sit together. So wow, fascinating. I feel like those three groups, so like the really extreme, just the regular sort of you know moderate, and then like the sort of new free movement i feel like it's in all three of those religions right. do you know what i mean because i also see that within christianity are we gonna talk about christianity next yeah. okay let's yeah. talk about that 
I've got a lot on Christianity, obviously. Um, it's just so interesting when you look at the bite model and then you look at um, the characteristics of a quote unquote cult and mind control groups. Every single one of these three fits those characters. So then it makes you wonder is, can you have a religion without it be considered a cult? You know what? Of course, there's different extremes, right? Of between those different groups, but so interesting. Okay, tell right. me about Christianity. Well, and this is and this is my sticking point of it is that if you were to follow the actual scriptures that these religions are based off of, they do not fit inside of society's norms, and so you do have to twist them. And and well, that's where cognitive dissonance comes right. in. In order to be a Christian, a Muslim. You know, do you have to just accept some level of cognitive dissonance? Is that okay? Are we willing to accept that as a society? I mean, yeah, like if you in a, if you really were to practice all of these scriptures like literal, you would go to jail because some of the stuff in here is illegal, right? Like there's there's things in the in the Bible that you can't do. Um and yeah, that's that's kind of where I am disenchanted by all of the religions. If there's an all-knowing, all-loving God that wrote this perfect book that is supposed to be an outline for your life, don't, and we live in a day and age where it's not, half of it's not acceptable in our society. As it shouldn't be. As it shouldn't be, because we've evolved, right? We've learned, right. like, we don't want to live in a repressive society. We because don't want slavery. Honest, we don't want Bible, rape. The Bible is not friendly to women at all. Or or children, or people of color. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or um, or the gay community. That's why it's so outdated. So how can yeah. we still be so tied down to these? And that's why I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe the religion that I believed in made more sense. That doesn't mean it's true. Right. It doesn't mean the Bible is true. Just because their version of the Bible, you know, seemed true to me, doesn't mean that it is true. It just means that they were more creative in making up their story. Right. Okay. Anyway, tell me about Christianity. Tell me all the similarities. Okay. So Christianity's basic beliefs are, okay. uh, there's one God made of three parts. Right. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. H2O. The Christianity revolves around the life and the resurrection of Jesus. So that's what separates it from the other two. Uh, right. Second coming of Jesus is um, when he's going to come again. And that the Bible is holy and that it outlines the instructions of how Christians should live. Um, and our teaching is of prophets and the life of Jesus. So that's like right. the basic structure of what Christianity is. So Christians tithe. Christians tithe the 10%. Christians. So Christianity is split into different sects of Catholic, right. so Orthodox, many. and Protestant. Right. Okay. So Catholics are governed by the Pope and the Catholic bishops. Right. Um, Orthodox Christians are split into independent units that are governed by different groups. I don't really understand what an Orthodox Christian is. Do you? Would that is that where all the denominations would come in? No, that's Protestant. Okay, okay, okay. So a Protestant Christian could be one mm -hmm. of the following: Baptist, Episcopalian, Evangelical. Evangelist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Lutheran, Anglican, Church, 
Uh, Angelican. See, listen, that's what my church would be upset about. Denominations mean division. There's only one Christ. Why are there so many denominations? That's not what God intended. They're all different interpretations of the same perfect book. That's why they said Christ had to come back to give us the one true interpretation. Right. I'm just saying, you know, what what they're telling me. If God is almighty, all knowing, why did he write such a confusing ass book? (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Like, that was so mean towards women. I mean, he created women. He created us in his image. Why would he want to be so rude to us? He just like popped us out of Adam's rib. <laughs> Even in the beginning, he was just like, eh, we'll just pop some of these ribs out. Okay. Christian reform, United Church of Christ. Um, men yeah, we get it. We get Christian it. There's so Christ, many. I mean, Quakers and Seventh Day Adventists. You can just drive down the street and see, a hundred, you know, so oh. many different churches. But Okay. Here's your they all sort of have the belief about Jesus, and they all sort of have the same teachings. Like, they go to church on Sunday. They do their tithing. Right. Uh, here's the conditions to be Christian. Okay. You have to believe in God. Okay. You have to repent for your sins. You have to confess your sins. Um, you should be baptized in the name of Jesus. And it's not a condition, but then you're encouraged to attend Sunday service and tithe 10%. And Christianity is more focused on like your personal relationship with Jesus. So it's more of like a get right with God inside of yourself. Right. Way open for open interpretation. Right. Way open for manipulation and for people to come in and create cults. I mean, it's like a feel good, like feel bad that God did this thing that you didn't ask him to do for you. Controlled by fear. Thank you. He made you imperfect, and then he sacrificed his only son to forgive you of the sins that he, you were born imperfect with, right? Right. So that's fun. Um, and then Catholics, they got like a cool little ritual. You want to hear what Catholics have to do? Yeah, let's hear them. Okay. So Catholics, um, be baptized into the Catholic Church before you can say, I'm a Catholic. Like, mm. right? Like in Christianity, you can just say, okay, I believe in Jesus. And then, right. Just confess. You can just be in your bedroom and confess right. that you and believe like, in Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm going to mm-hmm. have because God and I have a personal relationship, and that's all that matters. But the Catholics have a very structured way of salvation. They have a path. So, um, in order to be baptized, you have to uh, do catechism, which is like uh, it takes less than uh, less than a year to a year. Quick Learn- little brainwashing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the first Sunday of Lent is where you go in front of the church, like elders or whatever, and they decide, like, if you're ready to be baptized. And then about a month later, like around Easter time, if they decide that you're, that you are ready to be baptized, then they do an initiation and that's where you receive confirmation and communion. And then mm. you're accepted in. So it takes probably about a year to become a Catholic. If you're just wow. like, you know what? I want to be a Catholic. You, you got to. Do you think that you have to pay money for this, um, these classes and for the I, baptism? That'd be interesting. I don't really know. Like I, I realized when I did this, like I know a lot about Christianity because we grew up in Christianity, but I don't really. And they do the same um, 10% tithing, but they encourage 10, 5% of it to go to the parish and 5% to be donated to charity. So all tithing, everybody does tithing. That's not like a unique. Uh, the way that Tony's group does tithing is way more intense than what I'm seeing in these other ones. 
Um, and there would be no charity in our group. Like they yeah. would never encourage you to donate to charity. All yeah. the money needs to go to the church. Yeah. And they're going to record it and they're going to send that back to right. Zachariah yeah. and tell them who's tithing, how much. Mm-hmm. They got your bank right. statements. They know. How about veils? My the Catholics wear veils. What? I don't think they do. Well, the I nuns think- wear veils. You know, you've never seen the pictures of the Catholics women with the veils. Yeah, they used to wear veils, but not not really anymore. But you ever notice the nuns have their heads covered? Oh, right, right, yeah. Right. So that's something that um, our church would also do. Do you know? But in yeah. a very sh- more strict way. Do you know, do you know like the exact scripture where that comes from? Because I'd be curious to see why that's connected to all of them. Yeah, it's in Corinthians. I oh. can't remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but it says that a woman should have her head covered. So during worship or during a prayer time. And there is one feast that you have to keep service outside in a park. So I remember um, it's Ascension Day. So we would literally like hundreds of us would take over this park and all the brothers on one side and all the sisters on one side and all of us are in there in our veils and they have the orchestra there, the choir there. And we have these big banners, like it's a big feast. And people are just like walking their dog around us. And there we are, you know, in our pretty veils. And and it just made you feel like this is a special time that I'm going to worship God. Like it was like, this is time. It's like a time, time switch. This is time where we're going to be serious and we are going to worship God. But I remember you always, you know, being like so offended that women had to cover their heads. And I'm like, it's not an offensive thing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just like taken aback by it. Not offended, right. I guess. I don't, I mean, I'm a feminist, so I don't like, I don't like that women were separated from the men in service and that only right. cover their heads. Because to me, the Bible is not the holy word. So I'm like, I don't care that the Bible said it, it's weird. Right? right. Right. It's a, it's a separation of what the women are doing to what the men are doing. Right. So, um, yeah, taken aback. I feel like was more of a yeah I could see that but now looking at it from a different perspective and you know it could I can understand it as a form of control you know um it was it was something that like you said it was very strict you know and um and you just it was just something that you had to have yeah okay so anyway I went to Tony's church's website because I wanted to see what it what else I mean don't call it my church what can we call it all right um the WMSOCOG. Did I say okay. <laughs> Yeah. WMSCOG. I have to really think about it. I that. guess nowadays we're just going to blast it out, huh? I mean, yeah, everybody knows who we're I talking mean, it's about not anyway. Like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can go to their website. I mean, this is, I'm going to read you off what I saw on their website. I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to mentally distance myself. I'm no longer a member. Yeah. You know sorry. what I mean? No, it's okay. I do it in at- my mind because I sometimes say it like my church. It's not my church. You know what I mean? I am not in there anymore. I don't, I'm not a member. So I want to be distanced. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, so this group, okay. Yes. If you okay. Just go to their website. I just wanted to check it out. See what it, see how it presents itself to like a regular old rando. Oh I heard, I got a pamphlet. Let's, oh, oh, can I say that? That I was at. Just the, don't say the name, okay? Oh no, no, no! I was at our local um, Asian, Asian Mart, Asian supermarket, <laughs> and I found a flyer for the WMSCOG Bros, and it was so funny. I put it in Tony's Christmas. It was birthday. like around my birthday. 
Yeah, it was the day that we celebrated Tony's birthday, and I put it in her birthday present because I thought, what are the odds? I wanted to be like, you guys, I do a podcast about this group. See, when I was in the church, I would have seen that as a sign from God. Oh, see, totally. But now I see it as a crazy, hilarious, um, predatory move that they're out there just leaving their information around trying to bear some fruit. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, okay. sorry. So, so we went you, to the website. It's full of like all these happy white people. Yeah. And um, <laughs> when you click down, like towards the bottom, it's got these little icons that you can click on that are like, these are, this is what we believe, right? And so they split it out. Sabbath day, Holy Trinity, Women's Veil, the soul exists, baptism and feasts of God. And then you go down all the way to the bottom of the site. And it has all of those listed again as little icons. But right. there they add God the Mother, Christ on Song Hong, and the New Covenant Passover. So, so just those, a little tiny font at the bottom? Yeah, just a little font on the bottom. There's those three additional ones. So to me, that felt like uh, they're there. They're like technically there. But you got to go like digging around for them a little bit more. That's interesting. So for each of those... So I was trying to compare, like, what would be the condition to, like, be a Christian, to be in a Muslim, right. what, to the conditions of to be in your in in a WMSCSCOG. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can when, call him Wimscog. Wimscog. I love that. Is that, like, a name for him? Or are we just making it up? I think it might be, but, I mean, it's what all of the letters go together. Wimscog. <laughs> easier like, to say. That's easier. Okay. We're going to start from now on calling it Wimscog. Okay. <laughs> um, so Sabbath day is obviously in the Bible, it says Saturday, right? Blah, blah. Right. Trinity is the three titles, yet the same one God. That's the mm. little on there. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit, which is hilarious because mm. they actually baptize you in on Song Hong's name. Jesus and Jehovah. Okay. Yeah. So that's nice and nice and a little bit confusing on there. Uh, the women's veil, like we were talking about. That women cover their heads during worship and men do not cover their heads. Uh, that the soul exists. And so here they explain that our soul existed in heaven and that it will return back. Uh, baptism, it needs to be done in the name of the three gods. Takes you to the, and then when, oh, so there, then it takes you to the Holy Trinity page that says Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the name of the three gods. So I thought that was a little bit misleading on their part. Because in two spots, it says you need to be baptized in the way that Jesus lays it out for you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But when you actually get baptized, you know, technically to them, that's their version of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Trinity. But if you're just going on their website, you're like, oh, cool. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's very Oh, cool. no. But they would study with you before that. They would do a study about the Trinity so you understand the Trinity. And then they would do a study about you have to be baptized in the name of the Father, okay. in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. But if I'm so just like finding a flyer on the website and I go right. to the I'm that's not what I'm getting from. You're right. going to be baptized in the Holy Trinity and it says Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I get what you're saying. It's like they're not giving all the information up right. front. Obviously, by the time you get baptized, 24 hours after you've done your study, <laughs> maybe, maybe Maybe you understand it more, but I just felt like on the website, it's got a little bit misleading. And right. the feasts of God, which are the seven annual feasts. Right. Then when you click on God, the mother, 
when you scroll down to the bottom where it actually lists out all of the full set of beliefs, um, it says God is also female. Uh, Christ on Sung Hong link says uh, church split east to west and that the east keeps the Passover. And, and in 1964, they're the only church that celebrates the feast of God. And that's what makes them the true Christian church. So that's what it says on there. Yeah. So that's all listed like straight off of their website. Um, so I kind of talked to Tony about these, about the covenant, the new covenant Passover, which is their claim to fame of being separating them from all other religions. So they celebrate, um, and I'm doing them out of order. This is going to drive all of you ex-members. Can I do them in order? Yeah, do them in order. Cause I don't, okay. cause I know when I okay. did, when I told you them, you were like, those are all out of order. I know. It's just sort of it. like you're crazy. So we have unleavened bread. Then we have Passover. Then we have resurrection day. Then we're going to have um, Ascension Day. That's the day Jesus ascended to heaven and went up back up, to, back up to heaven. And then Pentecost, that's the day that you get the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then the, the Feast of the Third Time is going to be like in the fall. And so that time you're going to have, um, first you are going to have the uh, Day of Atonement. And the Feast of Tabernacles. And then the last and the greatest day of the feast. Did I forget any of them? No, you said more than they list on the thing. Oh, I think really? I think like more detail of the, like, in, like oh. branches off of certain feasts. Yeah. What did it say on the website? Uh, unleavened Bread, Passover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, feast of Weeks, Feast mm-hmm. of Tabernacles, Day of Atonement, Feast of Trumpets, Pentecost, and Resurrection Day. Right. So those are just all different names. So there's so many names for the feast. There's like a million names. I actually wrote in my notes. I'm confused by these feasts. So I'm going to need Tony. Oh, I forgot the Feast of Trumpets. That's the one that I forgot. Oh, yeah. Feast of Trumpets. But like um, uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread would be called like the Day of Suffering or something ridiculous. And then like um, like there was just so many different names for the feast. Like Feasts of Weeks and then like the Pentecost and Ascension were all connected. Yeah. So I'm saying these are like all very, you know, important days that you have to keep. Right. So I wrote down a set of conditions that I know of that I've heard over my time of learning about Wimscog. <laughs> um, so you you add to these conditions, but here's what I know that you need to do to be like a full functioning member. Oh God, it's going to be okay. a long list. Okay. You need to be baptized in the name of Aung San Hong first. Right, right. You need to tithe 10%. Right. You need to bear fruit and preach. You need to attend Saturday services. Right. You need to wear a veil over your head for the women and no head covering for men. You need to keep all of these feasts. And after all of that, you still need to compete for your spot for the 144,000. Yes. Okay. So that list right there is already pretty hilarious. The way the feasts are, and I think that we have talked about this. So like there are different things that you do for each feast that there's conditions added to each. Right. So like the feast of unleavened bread is a day that we would fast and like the really faithful like leaders, what they would do is they would stay up after Passover. So you have Passover at like 6 or 7 p.m. 
And then the next day is a piece of unleavened bread, the very next day. So what they would do is they would stay up the whole day and they're tired because they've been getting ready for the Passover. So they're like getting the church ready, cleaning, doing all this stuff, getting all the food ready, blah, blah, blah. So they are exhausted, these, these leaders, and they stay up all night because Jesus stayed up all night and they prayed in the, in the garden. And do you remember, I don't know if you remember, but the, the disciples were falling asleep and Jesus would keep waking them up and he would be like, what are you doing? Because Jesus knew he was about to be crucified. So all the church leaders stay up all night and they do Bible study and you have to stay awake all night. And then you have 5 a.m. service, 9 a.m. service, and then 3 p.m. service the next day. And you're fasting. You're fasting. No food and no water. And um, I would I would always find a way to get out of it. I could not. But at that time, they watched Passion of the Christ. And so when you really think back of it, like really, you're probably delirious because you're hungry, you're past exhaustion. I mean, you're up for more than 24 hours and you're you're so hungry and you're so tired. And then if you have kids who are also fasting, I mean, that is like physically, it's really hard to take care of a kid when they're fasting, you know, and I will just say, like, I chose to let my child fast sometimes. Um, not when he was like a little, little baby, but as he got older, I let him fast. I remember that. I mean, he didn't do like the full fast with you guys, but I would get pissed off at you about that. Yeah. And he wouldn't do like the stay awake thing, you know, never. Like the children wouldn't do that. The children would be sleeping, but the adults would be feeling Christ's sacrifice, feeling, you know, like literally they were, they wanted to feel God's suffering and members would be crying you know, and having these, having these real spiritual experiences. That's what I want people to understand. Like when yeah. you're in these, you're in an altered state. Yeah. And so you're being manipulated and then you're feeling, this is what we're going to talk about in another episode. You're feeling this touching music. You're being manipulated by praying so deeply that you're crying and, and you're feeling the sense of community with these other people who are suffering with you. And it's all very dramatic and it's all very um, real. It feels very real. Yeah. And you're but, like, you are in an altered state. You're sleep yes. deprived and hungry. Yes. And yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. And then another part of the feast would be like, um, say you have like the last feast is a feast of tabernacles. Yeah. And so like, I think it's a feast of trumpets that leads up to the day of atonement. So there's say there's 10 days. Okay. So for 10 days, you have a service at 5 a.m. and then say, um, I think it's at 7.30 p.m. So every single day you come to church two times a day and you're also supposed to be preaching and bearing fruit. So like it's a very intense 10 days, but you're also supposed to be going to school, getting your children to school, going to work. I mean, you're just extremely sleep deprived and you're doing this three times a year. Yeah. You know? And that's one feast in the spring and the summer. And then in the fall, you're doing this. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of listed out like all you need to do to be a member is these seven feasts. Oh, fuck like, them. No, yeah. <laughs> no, it says like all of those other, you know, all those other little rules, but um, it's a very, yeah, it's a very high demand group. Like, like the more that I, we, you say that and the more that I hear that, I'm like, it's like unattainable. They set you up for failure. Like if you're in there, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be faithful enough. And I think that's the point. I think that's why people stay because it's a constant cycle of fear and manipulation and people have really low self-esteem. 
And that's and why competitive. Like it sounds competitive. And so you have that personality where you're just like, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be a part yeah. of 144,000. Yeah. I can see how you get that in your head. And then you're like, I can't stop now. I'm really, God, I'm, I really feel so drained just thinking about it. Like my body and my mind feel drained, but, but I know now that that is not normal. <laughs> that yeah, is not healthy. Yeah, well, you can go take a fucking nap now. I, yeah, I actually am about to. Yeah, like that's what's the good thing is like if you feel exhausted by it, just take a fucking nap, do whatever you want, and you never have to do that shit ever again. Hallelujah. And here's what I want to say. I can come off like a dick about religion. I think that you do you, boo. Okay. Okay, you may come off like a dick, but you're not. You are very open-minded, and that's why you were able to help me get out. Because people who are Christians, people who are, you know, in these other religions, they are not open-minded because they are only seeing it from their bubble. But you're seeing it from all the outside perspectives, and that's what I appreciate. There have been times in my life where I'm like, I wish I could believe in God because I want to go. And this will lead me into my next point. I want to go sing in a fucking gospel choir. Okay. When COVID happened, that was like the weirdest urge. I was like, I want to go find a Baptist church and just join the fucking choir. Like I just, that's like, that was how I wanted to like have community. Like I don't believe in anything. I want to go sing some gospel music. Okay. Because I do think that there is a beauty in community, which is why I was attracted to the rainbow gathering crowd, the hippie crowd, right? The art scene. That to me was my own version of church. Like that was a community that I was really drawn to because I love the idea of community. I love the idea of like uh, taking care of each other and you live in a village and like that whole concept. Essential. We're we're made, we're social, we're social creatures. We're made to be in a community. I don't judge people who are religious. Right. I just want everybody to take a moment today who's hearing this from whatever background you are, whatever theology you're coming from, and really be honest with yourself that you are believing in what you believe in for the right reasons. And you're not being manipulated and you're not um, doing something that goes against what your like inner self really knows to be mm. true and like, and like honest and what's going to make you as a human being happy with your time on this planet. So now and just, making your own choices, yes. making are, sure that you are making your own choices. And if you see something in whatever group you're in that you don't agree with, then there's a reason. And you and you should you should think about that carefully and don't just put it off to the side. Totally. We want to we want to update you guys on some some um, reviews, some things that we've been reading. We want to do our book review. Do you, do you got to go? Um, I have till 12. Is that OK? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah, I think we can do it in 30 minutes. What do you think? Yeah. Do you want to start a whole new thing or you just want to keep it going? I think keep it going. Okay. So we read, so for our book club, we kind of we kind of take a while to read our book. <laughs> We're very busy. But this book was really good. So it was called The Girls. I hope that some of you guys read it. It was The Girls by Emma Klein, and it's a New York Times bestseller. I just want to say that this book was really hard for me to read, to be honest. I started it and then I put it away for like a week and then I had to restart it. I I totally restarted it again. It was really hard to read because this book tells the story of a girl. It's sort of how she gets sucked into a very extreme cult 
you know, an extreme group who ends up, you know, being violent. I think that I think the point of it is to be similar to the Manson cult. Right. The the Charles Manson cult. Yeah. yeah. Sort of loosely based on that. Yeah. And it's and it's sort of telling the story of the girl and how she gets trapped and how, you know, just sort of her background and how she you know, finds herself in this very dangerous situation. And, and it was hard to read and it, and it was pretty kind of graphic and kind of sexual. Don't you think? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. There, there were violent parts that happened towards the end that I knew they were coming. They allude to it. And I kind of know, you know, I know the basic Manson story. Right. Uh, so I actually had to skip over those parts mm-hmm. in the way that I'd close my eyes when I watch a scary movie. Cause I don't like gory stuff. Like mm-hmm. I, I was like, I don't need to know the details. I think I know how that part ends. So I skipped right. a few pages, I think, or like a page right. and a half really graphic. I started reading it and I was like, man, I thought the book was good. There were parts that I read that I thought Tony's going to have a hard time with this. So while I was reading it, it wasn't the non gory parts were not really that hard for me to read. Um, Except for thinking, imagining Tony reading it, because I thought this was going to be triggering for her. You know, she was young, didn't really know much about life. um, And she didn't really have a lot of direction. um, And um, she met this girl. And she followed this girl and she just became very connected to this this friend. And that's sort of how the Wimscog works, <laughs> is that they get you connected to one or two people who sort of, you know, take you through your spiritual path, you know, but you become very connected to them. And so you just sort of see this, this young girl being led, you know, by another by her friend to this predator to this man who sexually abuses her and ultimately you know commits all these violent violent things and it was hard to watch because you sort of saw how she became infatuated with her friend you know and she, she looks beca- to her friend like she's she's like is she gonna do this is this okay and the friend's like nodding her on and like tell right her, yeah, he likes you this is good right just subtle ways that she would like bring her in um, have her do work with her, you know, in the community and come to live with her. And, and, and it just, oh God, it, it was so triggering because there was one, one member in the group that I connected with like that, you know, and in the beginning, in the beginning. And because as you go on, that person becomes abusive towards you, you know, um, but but it's somebody that is that you looked up to like a big sister, somebody that is really pretty and charismatic and can speak really nice. And, and I looked at her like everything she did was so cool and so good and so, quote unquote, graceful, like the way she would dress, the way she would talk, all of her mannerisms. And then. Tony, and then, yes. You think that you are that person for somebody? That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like a cycle. It's like, it's like I looked up to her so much that you sort of become them. But that's the point, right? That's what they want. 
they want all these robots that that emu that that are exactly the same, you know, cookie cutters. So that's what happens. It's like you become her. And this person, you know, was a title holder. She had a title. And then I later had a title. And then later I felt other members looking at me the way that I looked at her, you know, taking on my mannerisms that weren't even mine. You know, they weren't mine. They were my cult identity. Um, So that's how everybody just sort of ends up in the same way. And so watching her fall into that pit and that trap, I was like, oh, my God, that was me. But see, the fucked up thing is like you fall in love with that person. And then they become strict and then they turn around like after the love bombing part is over. Like, I just want to cry. But after the love bombing part is over, they turn around and then they rebuke you and they belittle you and they publicly shame you and they make you an example. I mean, they'll tell you openly. They tell you, you know, I'm, you need to be a good example. So they make an example out of you. And um, that for me specifically, like she would always tell on me, like she would go and tell the pastor on me, you know, there was one time that I was doing a Bible study um, with a new member and she came in and she listened to the Bible study and then that member left and everything was fine. You know, ha ha ha. That member left. She came into that study and she rebuked me so hard because I didn't teach it right. And then she went and told the pastor and then the pastor rebuked me. And, you know, because they wanted all to be taught a very specific way for a specific reason, but they would do that. Like they would come and check on your Bible studies, you know, like how teachers, like the principal would come and check on you. They would do that and you would get so nervous. But anyway, it's like, it's so hurtful because you love them so much. And then they're turning around and saying, you know, why are you dressed like that? Or I can see your bra. Why can I see your bra? You need to cover that. That's not graceful. Or, you know, you all different kinds of things that that you can be rebuked for. And it's very, very painful, but you take it because you love them so much and you want to be just like them. You think that that's the way to heaven, you know? Yeah. And then can I just explain one quick um, part in the book where she had cognitive dissonance and it's a very extreme form of it, but it's something that I experienced with this member that I'm talking about. I remember... Um, following this specific sister, quote unquote, and just having this image of who God was based on her and how she worshiped God, right? And this is really like one of the one of kind of one of the first times I remember having cognitive dissonance that I just pushed aside and I just had it there forever, but but it was there. And I had this vision of what it was like and what what our God was like and what our mother was going to be like and what Korea was going to be like and our brothers and sisters based on what I knew in Denver and what I based on what I knew from her. And it was all very loving and very sweet and everything. But then the moment I landed in Korea, I was hit with a rude awakening because that's when I met members from other parts of the world. That's when I met members from New York, sisters from New York. And I saw they're savage from the minute that you arrive on the plane, Lindsay, you have, you've been traveling, you know, for God, almost 24 hours straight. Yeah. You've been in an airplane for like 11 hours, you know, you're fucking tired. It's like two in the morning there, but like, you know, eight in the morning here, it's like, everything is off. You're hungry, you're tired. And you're just like in your normal clothes. Sisters land in Korea. They scramble 
for their suitcases so that they can change into their banker costumes <laughs> so that they can meet mother God. And I didn't do it. And I was like, you guys, I'm tired. No, I am. I had on like nice slacks and a nice sweater. I specifically wore that because I was like, I know I'm going to land and I'm going to meet mother. So this is what I'm going to wear. It's nice enough. But it was not. And the sisters were like, you're going to meet God. You need to be ready. And I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to fall asleep. It's two in the morning. You know, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then as soon as you get there, like the way that everything is, the strictness of it, the military style, the way that that every just the whole experience was not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But I accepted it and I took it and I was like, okay, this is what it is. You know, you never really shared with me like a lot of details about that trip. Yeah. I would love to uh, pick your brain about that. That first trip, you know, the way the Korean members talk to you, the way that they, uh, the way that they embrace you and love bomb you, but also turn around and rebuke you. And it's all a very intense experience packed into, you know, 10 days and it's, so much, you know, um, sleep deprivation and all these things, you know, um, that, that are happening. But, but that was the first time that I remember having cognitive dissonance because I remember thinking, you know, this is, this is who I'm worshiping in Denver one way. But then when I went to Korea and I just saw the members from all over the world and the different faiths and all the different things, I was just like, this isn't really what I expected, you know, cause I was baptized in April. I was baptized April 5th, the day before my real birthday. And then I was, um, and then I went to Korea in November. And in between that time, I had a baby. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. So this is a whole nother year later. Yeah. But still, like, I, I was sort of like, sort of new in my faith, you know? So I don't know. It's just very, it was a very um, overwhelming time when you go to Korea and you don't really know what's happening to you. And it really like discombobulates you, you know? And so then you come back and then you get caught up in this whirlwind, like, oh, well, I've been to Korea. So now I'm expected to be a leader and to do this and to do this. And then all these expectations take over. And then all of a sudden you don't even know what you're doing. And all of a sudden, you know, 12 years later, you're like, what happened to my life? It turned out pretty awesome. It did. Yes, it did. What 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 an experience. But okay, so I just want to read in the book a really uh, really quick. Uh, this is in page two hundred nine of the girls, and this I hope is when it's a sex scene. She, no, it's not. Okay, so this is when she just. Um, this is when the first time that she witnessed violence in the church, or not in the church, in her you know little group that she was in, like the predator. I think his name was uh, Russell. Uh, when he when he first slapped somebody across the face and it says it was the first time I had ever seen Russell react that way the cut of anger aimed at one of us he couldn't have hit her the stupid blare of sun made that impossible the hour of afternoon the idea was too ludicrous I looked around for confirmation of the frightening breach but everyone was staring pointedly away or had arranged their faces into disapproving masks like Helen had brought this on herself guy scratched behind an ear sighing even Suzanne seemed bored by what had happened like it was no different from a handshake the vinegar in my throat my sudden despairing shock seemed like a failing and soon enough Russell was petting Helen's hair tightening her lopsided pigtails so it was just like how she kind of looked around you know waiting to see what everybody else's reaction was going to be and nobody else reacted and everybody thought it was normal so she just kind of sucked it up and thought oh this is what we're doing you know this is normal 
And maybe I didn't experience that to that extreme. I didn't experience anybody physically getting abused, but every day I saw people getting mentally abused and you look around like, Hmm, what are we going to do? Is this normal? Is this okay? Well, everybody else is accepting it. It's that group think. And that is so dangerous. Yeah. It's, it's dangerous because it's in our natural uh, human interaction to do group think, right? It's that you, community. You want to do the thing that everybody around you is doing, but when it becomes, yeah, when it's being manipulated and people are manipulating that basic human, um, you know, uh, thing that we crave and that we need that basic human necessity of community, but there are bad people out there who are manipulating it. Um, I really recommend this book, The Girls. I do, however, just want to say that it is very triggering. It has a lot of sexual abuse, physical abuse, and violence, and mental abuse. But I would say, as a former cult member, it is it is an accurate portrayal of what it what it's like. Yeah, that's good. She's a good okay. writer. She's a good writer. A lot of parts that I was like, dang, I love how she said that. There were many times when I would reread things, you know, just. And see, I read it. I read it in like three days because for me, it was just like a a really interesting novel. It took me a long time to read. Our next book is going to be called The Body Keeps the Score. Brain, Mind and Body in the Healing of Trauma by Bessel van der Kolk. I'm sure I did not say that right. Trauma is a fact of life. Veterans and their families deal with the painful aftermath of combat. One in five Americans has been molested. One in four grew up with alcoholics. One in three couples have engaged in physical violence. Such experiences inevitably leave traces on minds, emotions, and even on biology. Sadly, trauma sufferers frequently pass on their stress to their partners and children. And then this expert spent over three decades working with survivors, and the body keeps the score. He transforms our understanding of traumatic stress, revealing how it literally rearranges the brain's wiring. I can't wait. So let's read that next, okay? And we'll put that on our uh, website. Yeah, I'm interested in that. Okay, so we... I like those kinds of books because I, I don't normally read those on my own. So this is, right. this is a good way for me to like be forced. And I like to read those books and then talk about them because they're so interesting, you know, and I, and so I think it's fun to read them together so we can all kind of discuss it together, you know? Yeah. Which, which is just translates to me and Tony will talk about it. You guys will yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they can always interact with us, you know, yeah. on, on the socials. Come on and like do a book review with us. That'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So let's talk about Hillsong really quick. Okay. You guys, Hillsong documentary is so good. It's on so Discovery Plus. It's on Discovery Plus. It's called Hillsong, a mega church exposed. So this is a mega church. And where is it at again? Was it in Texas? It was in New, New York. York. Remember it started? Oh, in- it was from Australia. And then, okay, yeah. yeah. And then they opened up the branch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's also worldwide. And it's relatively new, actually. Yeah. Uh, like 2010, right, is when they came. I in. recommend this this documentary for the former Wimscog people because I was shocked how this mega church, this Christian church, was so similar to our. It was recommended to us from another member, right? It was, yeah. So thank you. To yeah, thank you. Recommending mm-hmm. it. It's really good. One of the things that really um that I really thought was interesting when I was in high school. I was very involved in a youth group, a Christian youth group, because I love to sing, and um, I was part of the church choir. I loved it. I felt like I was worshiping God so intensely when I was singing these pop songs and, like, going to concerts on the Friday night. I'd go, like, mosh pinning to these Christian rock, like, punk bands, and it was just so fun, right? Like, 
you feel like you're doing the right thing and it makes you feel good and you're like worshiping God. And then as I got a little, like as high school went on, I was like, I'm so confused because Janis Joplin makes me feel the same way that these Christian songs do. Like the mamas and the papas is kind of making me feel like I'm praising God, but I'm listening to secular music and I would feel really guilty about that. And that was sort of when my brain was like, wait a second. I think I just really like music. I think that feeling that I get is when I'm connecting to to music on like a spiritual quote unquote level, not me praising God, right? Um, and so that was really scary because I felt like I was doing something wrong for enjoying music in a spiritual way. I felt like the devil was trying to trick me. Like I, I went through all of that mindset and um, I wasn't deep enough into my church that it was that hard for me to leave. I just was like, meh, I'm not into it. I'm just gonna go do like the polar opposite now. So anyways, that was really interesting because, oh, sorry. In the Hillsong documentary, they talk about weaponizing music for young people and how they intentionally make it emotional. And so it's that same feeling, like you think that you're worshiping God because you're you're like having this physical, spiritual reaction to the music. Yeah, and I think that that is something so similar in the church and the Wimscog because you know, they have their own specific music. And it's also very strict. Like, you can only listen to that kind of music because all the other music has evil spirits in it. You know, you wouldn't want to be manipulated by the words. But but it's like that music um, pulls out these emotions in us. Music is used to create this type of manipulation. Whether it's in the Wimscog, whether it's in the Catholic Church, whether it's in these... You know, I definitely, I mean, you just in the mega church, it is just so, you know, they have the drums, they have the good music. It's like you're going to a rock concert, you know, but then when you go to an actual concert, you're like, I have the same feeling. So what's the difference? I would rather just go to the concert and not be controlled and give all my money to them. I will tell you, Alanis Morissette was church. Okay. <sighs> ah, sorry. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I'm I looked telling around you. And I was like, we are all worshiping one goddess and her name is Alanis. And she's like, <laughs> Right. It doesn't say people are singing with their eyes closed, like really just like digging back into that memory of where that song sits for them, you know? Right. It, it creates that same emotion. So um, it's just so interesting. And so it makes me so angry how these groups use our senses and they use these their tactics to tap into our, you know, into our emotions to make us do things that we wouldn't normally do to make us give more money, to make us give more time, to make us give more energy. And they're using these things on purpose. Yeah. And, and some of this makes me think that, of course, there are people like at the tip, tip top that really know what they're doing because they're better right. so highly off of it. Right. But I think pretty, pretty high up trickle down. I think people really are moved by it. They are moved by it. And I think that the basic concept of religion is community and being a good so that you like taking care of humanity, right? Like I like to have a positive outlook for the majority of people that believe in what they believe in because it makes them feel good. It makes them feel like it gives them structure to their life, which is necessary, right? And so you have to kind of create those 
on your own if you don't have a religion to look for, which is can be hard, right, and lonely and isolating. The people playing the music really know that they're manipulating you. Right. They're also feeling it. They're yeah. feeling it. Everybody's uh, feeling this except for, like, the five people who are making a trillion dollars off of all right. the Those are the maybe, only Maybe they're feeling it, too. May, I, you know, we don't know. That's the hard part. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, that was a really interesting um, documentary, and it really – Open my eyes that, you know, it's just the same cookie cutter tactics being used over and over and over again. And when you really pull it back, it's like there's really nothing there, you yeah. know. It's just like kind of an icky dude with an icky backstory. Yeah, it's kind a lot of the of money. same story over and over again. And all of these different groups just played out in a different way. And sometimes it can end up violent and scary right right it's like right. the main concern of that mentality is like know know that you are in a group that is never going to ask you to do something crazy like that right just check it check your mind check in with yourself man check in do some Whatever research look up some history all that yeah and and keep doing whatever you feel is right to be doing yeah. or step out of that role if you feel like you need to step out of it yeah, we only have one life, so let's be free, you guys. Let's be free. So, do you have anything else you want to say? Any other, um, you know, announcements stories? about the Dixie Chicks? Um, <laughs> no, we don't care about the Dixie Chicks. You should. They're good. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your love, your support. Go check out Great Light Studios. They have some new videos out. Kelsey's on there. And it's it's really interesting. You know, they're just, doing a lot of cool work. We're just going to keep posting, like, anything we find fascinating or cool to our website. So check yeah. it out right, randomly. Yeah. What's it? www.playingintrafficpod.com. All right. Subscribe and like. Oh, okay. Get out of here. I wish you guys could see her face right now. <laughs> Okay, so we will talk to you guys soon. Pick up your copy of the book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's going to be really interesting. All right, let's learn together. Let's heal. Let's heal from this craziness because they don't have power over us anymore. They don't have power over us anymore. Boom, baby. You know, Apollonius, uh, uh, People, 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 No, you're fine. I think that this is too chaotic. I don't know. I don't know either.